So we just hit 10,000 total downloads here on Tech Gumbo. So to celebrate, we are re-airing some of our favorite interviews this week. Each one that we picked was designed to highlight a different topic area that we talk about here on Tech Gumbo. If you're new to our show, we hope this gives you a good way to get introduced to who we are and what we like to talk about. The last episode that we are re-airing is an interview that we did with U.S. Congressman Garrett Graves. We talked about how antiquated laws are still being used towards technology, and we also talked about some of the laws that he's helping to author surrounding technology. Yes, on Tech Gumbo, we talk a lot about the legal aspects, the regulatory aspects, what types of policies need to be developed as technology progresses forward because it is ever-changing and our laws are not changing fast enough. Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. This is Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, welcoming you into our show here where we like to talk about all things technology and do so in a conversational way about everything past, present, and future, and do it in a way that's interesting and digestible. And so if you have any suggestions or like to give us some comments, send us a tweet. We're at Tech Gumbo Show. Or you can text us at 225-255-0431. This program is brought to you by HomeBank. Although HomeBank just celebrated its 112th anniversary, it's anything but old-fashioned. They offer the tech you expect and the service you deserve. Through two world wars, the Great Depression and the Great Recession, and now the COVID-19 pandemic, HomeBank has not only remained a strong and stable institution, but it has also helped countless families and businesses manage and grow their finances. And when it comes to the service and giving, that's what home makes Home Bank a true community bank. They're locals who love their hometowns and their neighborhoods, and they take pride in seeing both grow and thrive. They want what's best for their communities, just like you do, so that their kids and yours will have a bright future here at home. Home Bank is a member of the FDIC and is an equal housing lender. Visit home24bank.com. So, Mr. Davis, we have a very special guest with us. Absolutely. We're very excited to have Congressman Garrett Graves on today. That's right. Garrett, uh, Garrett Graves represents Louisiana's 6th Congressional District from the, in the United States House of Representatives across 13 parishes in South Louisiana. He's from Baton Rouge, and uh, he was in the last Congress. He was the ranking member of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Subcommittee on Aviation, and he's also a ranking member on a select committee on climate crisis, and he also serves on the House Natural Resources. Congressman Graves, welcome to Tech Gumbo. Hey, thank you. Great to be with you today. So uh, we are a technology show, and we are here to get your thoughts about you know, the various te technological and digital issues that Congress is either dealing with, trying to deal with, or should be dealing with. And so the biggest one that we want to leap off with is the idea of privacy. Europe has had the um, General Data Privacy Rights Act for a couple of years now. California just passed something similar. When can we as Louisianians or maybe just as a, uh, citizens of the United States as a whole look for something similar for us? You know, it's a, it's a really good question. And unfortunately, this issue has, has been complicated by... I think fights and, and much misinformation spread by folks who are profiting off of this existing system. Let, let me take a step back for, 
for just a minute. Uh, let, let's imagine that you had a plumbing issue in your house and you had to hire a plumber to come over and that plumber is there under the kitchen sink working on, on your plumbing problem. And you leave and, and come back and you find the plumber in your office and he or she is digging through your files or maybe on your computer. I, I'm sure that anybody listening would just be outraged and, and tell that plumber to get out of their house. In, in reality, because of the lack of really a privacy framework, that's exactly what happens online every single day, every single time we interface with a phone or with a computer. And, and people don't think twice about it because all of this has just been allowed to happen in the background. And, and this entire market on consumer data, this multi-billion dollar market has developed and, and once again, folks aren't really aware of what's happening. And, and you've got this huge market that exists today. So trying to come in and break it up and to take away this, this gravy train or this goose that's laying golden eggs is, is, has become very controversial because people don't want to have their trough taken away. Um, and so, look, in regard to privacy laws catching up with technology, we are so far behind where we need to be. And what Europe has done and what California has done is absolutely a step in the right direction. But I can't overemphasize how much of upsetting the apple cart this is in regard to this existing market. And, um, and that's why it is so difficult is because all of these folks come out and fight anything you try and do. But Congress has got to catch up. So, Congressman, one of the things we've used, we've said on this radio show for many, many years, when you're on the Internet, if you're not paying for it, you're not the customer, you're the product. And, and that's something that people just don't understand when they're using Facebook, when they're using YouTube or Google, that their data is being collected and, and sold, not, hey, this is Haggai Davis, you, you know, but here's a guy who's in his mid-50s who, you know, blah, 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 blah all, all the, the demographics about me. And, and so until people start really understanding how much Google knows about them or Facebook knows about you and all of these different things, we're, we're going to be in for a long haul, aren't we? Absolutely. And of course, it's not just about you or I who may be of legal age, but I know that, you know, our kids uh, jump on the computers and, and, and you want to start talking about inappropriate, um, inappropriate activities as having corporate America out there developing a profile on my on my 10 year old or my six year old or you know young kids that is totally inappropriate and of course as you you move forward and you start thinking through the the, the power of technology and the power of persuasion how you, you potentially could influence the behavior of your kids and and all of this would be entirely legal because they're not protections in place to protect your kids or to allow adults to actually make informed decisions in regard to consent about uh, invading their privacy. What are some of the tools that could be put in place in the future in order to give uh, adults a better idea about how their data is being used or how they can you know, kind of take back some of this control of what they are generating in their data? Well, I think the first thing is just education or awareness. I, I don't think that uh, that the average consumer, the average person on their phone or on on their computer, 
uh, has any idea how much information is really out there about them. And, and one of the, I think, the most powerful things you could do is to actually start sharing these profiles with people, meaning let's let's go ahead and take this profile that exists about you today and start sharing it with people to help them understand the depth of information, the depth of the profile that has been created about that person, how invasive in regard to their privacy uh, the, the data collection is. I think that's one thing. The, the second is, and I think that your, your dad put it in a, a, a great uh, a great way just to communicate. If you're if you're not paying for it, then then effectively, um, you know, you, you're you're the product. And and so helping people to understand the the different activities online that help to create these profiles and how to create uh, on the one hand options for people to choose and and to uh, have control over their intellectual property, their information about themselves. But, but, but also to, look, I understand companies need to be able to stay in the black to stay profitable. And so to provide options where people can say, look, you know what, I'll pay two bucks a month in order to have an internet search engine or whatever it is, and giving people the options to, to truly have protection and to control their own information and that information about their kids and family. So when you're obviously in the House of Representatives and between the political parties, it's hard to agree on what day of the week it is, much less anything <laughs> controversial. How how can you and the members and and also those in the Senate who who is it that needs to take the the, the leadership to start changing some of these laws? Well, let's keep in mind, you know, you you cited early on that that you actually have privacy laws in Europe. You have privacy laws in California. There really should not be, although you you are correct in your in your indication earlier that, that that things here are so partisan, and you really can't agree on the day of the week, oftentimes. But but there's really nothing that's partisan about this. This is an invasion of privacy, and it's an invasion of privacy of Republicans, Democrats, conservative, liberals, independents, no matter how you associate yourself. And, and so this really should not be a partisan issue. I think that the real, the real first step here is helping to educate the public and educating members of Congress to where, like we saw in California, like we've seen in Europe, to where there's an overwhelming demand from the public to have their privacy respected and for them to truly have control over their own information and to be able to protect the, the privacy of their children. That's fantastic. Um, Moving to other laws that exist in the digital space, uh, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act is something which, you know, prior to a year or two ago, I think wasn't discussed very widely, but has become much more prominent in the past year or so. Uh, are, how is it still relevant? What are the pieces that we should keep? What are the pieces that need to be changed? This is a, you know, a complex piece of legislature. Is it still relevant at all? You know, the, this. This issue, uh, Section 230, is, has, has gotten a lot of attention, including uh, just this week where the president has uh, been advocating for uh, opposition to a national defense bill that's moving through Congress and going to be presented to him soon uh, because he, he would like to make changes uh, to 230. And of course, what, what 230 does is effectively it provides immunity to, um, to, to online platforms um, and, and prevents them from being held uh, liable for the actual content. So if, if you post something that is, that is incorrect or you post 
causes mass hysteria or damages somewhere that 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 online platform would not be held liable. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think that it actually that the idea behind it promotes free speech and protects our First Amendment rights. But but in practice, what we've seen over the last few years, in, in my opinion, is that you have seen this activity by some of these online content uh, platform, these online platforms like a, a Facebook or a Twitter, what have you, where they're stepping in and actually regulating content, but then also continuing to declare or to hide behind the, the, the immunity. And in my opinion, you, you, you really shouldn't have both. Now, on the extreme case, and I, and I don't mean to, uh, to, to in any way uh, contradict what I said, you know, look, we're well aware of what happened in 2016 with foreign actors, whether it be North Korea or China or Russia, uh, attempting to, to intervene in elections and influence public thoughts. And so if you're having state actors that are out there, um, look, that's different. And I do think that the federal government needs to work with the platforms in order to curb that type of activity, influencing Americans, foreign governments influencing Americans. But if you're talking about you posting your thoughts or ideas or me posting my thoughts or ideas and to have Facebook or Twitter come in and to and to regulate my content or to prevent me from sharing thoughts and for them to hide behind the 230 protections of liability, I think that's trying to have your cake and eat it too. And, and so I think that if, if these online platforms are going to try and come in and regulate content and restrict free speech, I don't think they should enjoy the protections of 230. And I think that this is an area where the, the president is right and that 230 should be updated to not allow that type of, of, of restrictions on, on our First Amendment rights. So another thing we've talked a lot about on our show is autonomous vehicles. And, and certainly that is a a future that's coming as fast as it can. Actually, Haggai the third is getting a PhD in autonomous vehicles as we speak. So what what is Congress doing to to start understanding that these, these are it, this is happening? We better start making making some rules before it's too late. OK, well, first, let's let's let that marinate for just a minute that you're that, that, that Haggai is getting a PhD in autonomous vehicles. I mean, uh, first of all, that's impressive. Second of all, the thought that this would even be a PhD uh, a curriculum, I mean, even five years ago, 10 years ago, would, would really be a head scratcher for many folks. And so it, it is incredible to see this evolution of technology and where we are and where we're going. So, so you know, look, we can, we can sit here and we can beat up on the fact that we're using laws from hundreds of years ago in the case of the All Writs Act, or, or, or dealing with the 1986 Electronic Communications Privacy Act and, and the, the, the Digital Millennium uh, Copyright Act from 98, these things that are, are much older than the, the real state of technology. Um, but in the case of autonomous vehicles, whether it be uh, unmanned air systems or vehicles, it, it, we actually have stepped up a little bit in this regard. And I do believe that particularly with unmanned aerial systems, that uh, the United States is the global leader in the technology. Um, I'm the, the ranking member of the aviation subcommittee and spent a lot of time working with these companies. And I, I just was on the, the phone with some of the execs from uh, Joby Air uh, out in California, 
just just last week talking to them about how they're working with Uber and working on air taxi technology, seeing their actual vehicles fly today with people. Um, we have created a certification process within the FAA that, that largely has allowed for the anticipation of technology to where we're, we have an existing regulatory framework that's going to approve ultimately when they meet the right uh, safety criteria that will approve this 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 system and you'll be able to have unmanned or manned systems uh, uh, using electric engines flying air taxi service effectively through Uber. Um, and I think they're projected to go online by 2024. I mean, so so we've got really impressive things going on. We're we're working right now with, with companies like Walmart to actually deliver within the neighborhood. There was approval for a couple of pilot programs within one mile of a bricks and mortar store. You can deliver um, you can deliver products from a Walmart or from other stores. And again, this is existing authorities that, that we've been able to anticipate technology and allow for for this. You'll be able to get raisin canes delivered to your house, your prescription delivered to your house, COVID tests delivered to your house. And so this is pretty awesome. On the on the vehicle side and in, in regard to cars, um, I do think this one's a little bit more complicated uh, in that you've got uh, one of my one of my vehicles is a 1993 pickup truck. So it uh, it's not really high on technology and communicating with anybody, including me. Uh, but but um, figuring out how to integrate some of these older vehicles and technology in with some of the uh, autonomous vehicles, it, it has its challenges and trying to identify the right types of technology, whether you use effectively cell phone technology or, um, or, or, or some of this, this um, uh, short range communications through vehicles, all sorts of different technologies out there and, and what role the government has in establishing that platform is uh, it's pretty challenging. And I do think on the vehicle front, we've got some more some more work to do. I, I'm really excited to hear you talk about how advanced we are in the uh, unmanned aerial systems. What was it that allowed us to be able to make such progress in the aerial systems? And how can we take what we've learned about that progress and apply it to other digital fields? Yeah, so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. And I think that one of the things that really drove it is recognition that number one, this platform is just going to be ubiquitous. So, so on the one hand, you know, we have coastal land loss problems in Louisiana. You slap a LIDAR sensor on there and you're going out there and you're mapping the coast. Uh, the next day you slap a camera on there and you're doing search and rescue missions. Um, you put a sensor on there and you're detecting whether uh, uh, the, the Waterford nuclear power plant is, is leaking anything. I mean, it just all sorts of, of, of opportunities associated with the technology. I think there was recognition that if the U.S. does not play a leadership role, then we are going to cede not just the technology in unmanned systems, but in all of these other technologies that go along with the platform. Um, I do think that the fact that there's military implications. We've had our military that have been very involved and obviously uh, being leaders in technology here does help out our national security. I think that's been another factor. Um, but, but I really think that the main driver has been recognition of the opportunity this technology provides the United States moving forward uh, across the all economic sectors. All right, so I, I'm excited to hear about that. What about as we shift a little bit into automation in general? The U.S. has been very good about automation, and I, I'm excited to know that you know we continue to be a, a leader in technology. 
what about as it automation applies to jobs? How do we balance those two interchanges with each other? Well, it's a, it's a great question. And, and, and look, uh, you know, I made reference to Walmart earlier and Home Depot, another example where, where you go in and you're, you're self-scanning, you're, you know, you're, you're checking yourself out. And so you don't have as many clerks that are there. And, and there's no doubt that, that this is eliminating certain types of jobs. But I also think that we've got to look at this a little bit more long term because there's no doubt that it's the direction that technology and that industry is going. And so instead of us sitting there and crying over the fact that we lost a clerk um, at a Walmart, instead ensuring, as we talked earlier about unmanned systems, ensuring that we are the technology hotbed. So while we may have lost a, a checkout position at a Walmart, we just grew 10,000 jobs in the sector actually building the automation, building the equipment, um, pioneering the technology that the rest of the world is importing from the United States. And so, look, we can't just allow this to happen. It has to be a very deliberate action on the part of the United States to ensure that, that, that we help to facilitate the leadership role in these technologies. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for this interview today. Uh, we've greatly enjoyed it. And to you, our listener, uh, if you enjoyed this, we are here every Saturday on Talk 107.3 FM, uh, 4 p.m. The show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. You can check out our show if you missed any portion of the interview or you want to hear it all again on the podcast section of Talk 107.3 FM. We are also in iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, Amazon Music, and now iHeartRadio. Congressman Graves, again, thank you very much for spending some time with our, our listeners here on uh, Tech Gumbo and um, look forward to seeing you around the greater Baton Rouge area. Hey, same here. Thank you all. I enjoyed it. And we do want to thank MCO Technologies for sponsoring our show. MCO for all your business computer network needs, whether it's Office 365, cybersecurity concerns, or moving to the cloud. Managing your network is what we do. So give us a call, 225-925-8900 or mcotechnologies.com. And if you like our show, if you have some suggestions, let us know. We're on Twitter and on Facebook at Tech Gumbo Show. Or you can text us at 225-255-0431. You're listening to Tech Gumbo on Talk 107.3 FM, WBRP, Baton Rouge's new flavor of talk.